Center, lock the doors, turn up the radio, strap yourself in. Because it's time for the Matt Wyatt, Wyatt Show. The guy who's the color commentator for Mississippi State football and SEC baseball. So, yeah, he brings a lot to the game. And he's right here. Right now. Guess what day it is. Huh? Anybody? Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> Listen, guess what today is? It's hump day. Woo-hoo! Woo-hoo! That's right. It is hump day. You made it to Wednesday, halfway point of the week. Welcome into the show. I'm Matt in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau Insurance, go! With the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau across the great state of Mississippi. Your hometown heroes. That's your local Farm Bureau Insurance agents. Welcome in on this Wednesday. Lots of ways for you to be a part of the show. And boy, howdy, do we have some stuff to get into today. Yeah, some news broke yesterday. Saints fans, we're here for you. A good portion of today's show is for you. And you know how it is, you know, like maybe you're not like me. You know, you're not a diehard, lifelong Saints fan. But a lot of your friends are. (laughs) Some of your really close friends are. A lot of your even not-so-close friends are, right? And, you know, you don't... What does the Bible say? Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. We need to do our best to weep with them, but also maybe cheer them up just a little bit, right? We'll do our best. So we're going to try that today on Hump Day. Here we go. Do the Humpty Hump. And on this Wednesday, we're going to celebrate the career of Sean Payton as the head coach of the Saints. That ought to be fun. Basketball last night in Lexington was a lot of fun. State couldn't quite get over the hump. Of course, they're playing Kentucky, one of the best teams money can assemble. Not as good as Auburn. <laughs> hey, it is what it is. We can celebrate that, too, here on Hump Day. All right. Uh, so get your comments in. If you're on the live stream, hey to y'all on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitch. Type in a comment. Put it in there, and I'll be able to see it all in one place. You can be a part of the show. Also, you can text me on the country please and text line, 885-ESPN. It's a 601 number, 885-ESPN or 885-3776. Text away, and I'll get it here on Hump Day. Or call me on the Divinity phone, Divinity Equipment, Madison and Jackson, 995-1059. 601-995-1059. I'm even wearing my Divinity Equipment hat. Grow Local Harvest. Look on the back. Divinity Rental and Supply. I forgot I had this hat. I wore it a while back and then it got... I took a shirt off or something and it was laying on top of the hat. And I forgot. saw it today. I'm like, put that back on. So I got the Divinity hat on today. So get on in here and be a part of this today. Let's have a portion of the show today devoted to Saints fans. Take a look back at the career of Sean Payton, that and more. Today is a very significant day in the history of college football. I don't mean like today something happening, but something that did happen on this day. Very, very significant in the history of college football. That's coming up. And if you stick around long enough, we'll circle back around to the Saints topic. And what about the legacy of Sean Payton, what about the organization moving forward? All of that and more with a guy who is in the Saints Hall of Fame. That's Deuce McAllister, Mississippi's own Deuce McAllister, former Ole Miss running back, went to the Saints, played there for a bunch of years. He's in their Hall of Fame, played for Sean Payton in New Orleans, and Deuce is now on the broadcast crew for uh, the Saints. 
And so he's going to be on the show today also. Yeah, you did have the Hall of Fame thing kind of played out the way we thought it would on yesterday's show. And we'll have a chance to get into some baseball too, uh, maybe on today's show also. Sven, the first to comment on the live stream, he says, Hail State, everyone, and guess what day it is? Hump day. But then he went on to say, the Saints are in epic trouble. Sean Payton was and is a heck of a head coach. Well, that's absolutely true. It's going to be hard to find someone on that level. And did you see, I think it was just to kind of put it into perspective what Sean Payton is, and this is not to rub it in. We're going to celebrate kind of his career as the Saints head coach, at least for a little bit today. I think it was Michael Irvin who said in an interview, what, yesterday, last night, this morning, sometime in the last 24 hours, Michael Irvin, the former Cowboys great, said, I love Mike McCarthy, but I would personally escort him to his car and out of the facility if it meant the Cowboys could get Sean Payton. (laughs) Now, Sean Payton did some talking yesterday. He had a press conference and said some meaningful things and just laid it out there right just the way it is. And we're going to get to some of those comments too. But we're here to pick you up, Saints fans. Jackson Mailman texted the show and said, been a Saints fan my whole life, back when the team was just a meat market, getting the top picks and selling them off a year later. Archie in the entire paper bag era. I do not begrudge our best coach ever wanting to retire and enjoy his life. I would retire at 57 if possible. And, of course, Sean Payton is 58. Nick with a text that said, two things I never thought I'd see happen. State win a national championship, and the Saints win a Super Bowl. Nick says, I guess I can't complain too much. By the way, he'll be in Dallas by the end of the week, won't he? (laughs) Look, um, I I don't think it'll be that quick, Nick. I'm a poet and don't know it. But I don't think it'll be that quick. Eventually, maybe, but it won't be that quick. Here's what I want to do with you. We're going to take a look at just a few. We can't possibly do all of them. There's more than somebody like me could get into one radio show. And that is, you know, kind of career days and high points and significant moments for the Saints and Sean Payton together in their relationship beginning in 2006. But we're going to hit on a couple of things and go back and listen to what it sounded like because in the, in the, uh, in the business of radio, that's what we do. We listen to things. We talk and we listen. Hopefully we listen more than we talk. Unless you're me. <laughs> I have no choice. So let's go back. January 18th, 2006. January 18th, 2006. 16 years ago. Just a few days ago, it was on the day of 16 years ago. So 16 years ago and eight days. (laughs) 16 years and a week ago. The Saints hired Cowboys assistant coach Sean Payton, 42 years old at the time. And he took over a Saints team that won three and lost 13 in the wake of Hurricane uh, Katrina the year before, 2005. In the wake of Hurricane Katrina. Of course, didn't play in the Dome. 
played home games in Baton Rouge. It was just complete topsy-turvy before he gets there. Took the job in January of 2006. So less than two months later, just a few days less than two months later, Sean Payton, as a part now of the Saints and the head coach, got his quarterback. They went and got Drew Brees and signed him up. So so the Saints got Sean Payton in January 2006, March 2006. Here's Drew Brees. And they had an introductory press conference with he and his wife, Drew and Brittany Brees, and here's what it sounded like. Emma wrote me a little note that said if I became a New Orleans Saint that he uh, he cooked my first meal here. So, Emerald, if you're if you're watching, listening, I'll be expecting that here pretty soon. When we came here, it was such a warmth and such you know a community feel that they just really embraced us, and it was you know kind of really helped make our mind up was that the people here are great. In every community, you find that there's a lot of areas that you know need need help or um, that sort of thing. So we're we're just going to kind of see where we're needed. Post Katrina. Early 2006, winter, spring of 2006, the Saints got Sean Payton as the head coach, and two months later, here comes Drew Brees. They combined to lead the Saints to nine seasons of ten wins or more, the greatest stretch by far in Saints history. By far. The first game for Sean Payton as head coach of the New Orleans Saints in the 2006 season. And the first game for Drew Brees in a Saints uniform was in Cleveland against the Browns. Third down and two. Brees throws a comeback to Colston, and Colston scores. Touchdown, Saints. That was the first of many touchdown passes in a Saints uniform for Drew Brees under the tutelage of Sean Payton, who's putting this whole thing together. They won their first game together to start that season against Cleveland. In Cleveland, 19-14, to won it. Drew Brees took a knee at the end of the ball game, said a little prayer, and then on September the 26th, 2006, Again, not even a year removed from Sean Payton's there, Drew Brees is there. September 26, 2006, dome coming. Not homecoming, dome coming. The Saints' first game in the New Orleans Superdome since Hurricane Katrina. It was a Thursday night game. It was one of, if not the most incredible atmospheres I've ever seen on television for a game. Just, I mean, it was so emotional even beyond just a football game. Mike Tirico on the call that night on that Thursday night game back in 2006 for the Dome coming, and this is what it sounded like. Look out, right through, a kick block by Steve Gleason. It is scooped and scored by Curtis DeLoach. Touchdown, New Orleans. This is first down. It's in the hands of Bush. It's in the hands.
experience of Devery Henderson, the former LSU Tiger, in the end zone in the Louisiana Superdome. Touchdown, New Orleans. Phil, that's what they look at. Lots of Gordon Anderson, good from 26, is blocked on this 25-yard attempt. What a night it's been for the special teams. Josh Bullets, the safety, came in to get that. And Joe DiCamillo is the special teams coach. An unbelievable, an unbelievable moment beating the Falcons in uh, Dome Coming. Not homecoming, Dome Coming. You know, and it, you know, post Katrina, you know, it, it kind of gives you the feeling of there's some magic there. There's just something there's a little different. There's some magic there. This was September, and the Saints had already equaled their win total from the year before. I mean, and it was on. Breeze, led by Sean Payton, it was on for the Saints. That was 2006. You know, the following year in 07, they made it to the NFC Championship game, lost to the Bears. And it took them a little while to get back, and then they did it. That 2009 season. And in January, it was January the 24th, 2010, so... 12 years and two days ago, January 24th, 2010, the Saints hosted the NFC Championship game against none other than Brett Favre and his Minnesota Vikings. And it was an unbelievable game for the Rides to go to the Super Bowl, and the game went to overtime. Here's a screen. That's Thomas. And Pierre has a lane down the sideline still going. How about this start? Touchdown, Saints. Pump fake. Touchdown, Minnesota. Sidney Rice, his fourth of this postseason. Third down and 10. Breeze down the middle has Reggie Bush. Breeze, corner of the end zone. Touchdown, Devery Henderson. That's five turnovers for Minnesota. Brett Favre with two interceptions in the game. Hartley sends the Saints to the Super Bowl. And the celebration was on. <clears throat> January 24, 2010. They beat Favre and the Vikings in the NFC Championship game in overtime. That was kicker Garrett Hartley with the kick. It sent the Saints to Super Bowl 44, a 40-yard field goal to win in overtime. And again, the magic just building and building for that Sean Payton-led football team and Drew Brees at quarterback and Shockey and Colston and Thomas, Pierre Thomas, and all these guys that you remember. So then it was on to the Super Bowl the following month, February 2010. Sean Payton has gotten the lovable losers, the Saints, to the Super Bowl, but they're up against the high-powered Indianapolis Colts and quarterback Peyton Manning, which seemed like destiny, didn't it? But it kind of going in, everybody thought it was destiny the other way. But the Saints turned that game up on its heel pretty quickly on their way to a Super Bowl championship. In the red zone at the Indianapolis 16. Set up screen to Thomas. Inside the 10, Thomas weaving at the 5, and he's in, and the Saints have taken the lead at the Super Bowl. Second and goal this time. They've got the catch and the touchdown. Jeremy.
Tommy Shockey has a Super Bowl catch and a score, and the Saints have the lead. Bush in the backfield. Rollout, Breeze. Pass. Oh, almost caught. After reviewing the play, the receiver had possession of the ball with, with the uh, ball breaking the plane of the goal line. The points are good. Wow. Two-point conversion. New Orleans is not charged with a timeout. The Saints up seven. Picked up. Look out. Gets past Manning. And it's Tracy Porter taking it all the way. Touchdown, New Orleans. A franchise that was born eight months after the first Super Bowl game. They struggled for years. They have been the full embodiment of their community. A sign of hope. For the Saints, they sought respect. And I tell you, Mardi Gras is about to break out here in Miami. Super Bowl champions in Super Bowl 44 in Miami. And uh, kind of ironically for even Drew Brees, right? It's in Miami, uh, the city where the other team that he was looking at, the Dolphins. But he couldn't get comfortable. He just didn't feel like they really trusted him. And, the, you know, he, he said there was never any question all along that Sean Payton and the Saints wanted me. And that was a match made in heaven. Sean Payton takes the Saints to the Super Bowl and wins it over a Peyton Manning Colts team, no less. It's just a storybook. It was then, it still is. And now that you're looking back on his 16-year career as the coach of the Saints, it's still just as amazing as ever, considering that was three, four years after what that town and that city and that state and that region and that organization went through. Here are some of the comments from Sean Payton yesterday. He said going into the season, he had a feeling this might be his last year with the Saints. Every year you go to training camp, and the one unique thing about our job is it's entirely different than your summer. And I don't know if, if it was a year earlier maybe, depending on when Drew retired. It, look, he and I never discussed when his last game would be or when I'd be finished. I just felt like this season, wasn't, it was challenging for everyone. But, man, I felt like it was time. I felt like it was time. You know, I kind of knew maybe heading into training camp this might, but you don't, you, you, you know, you don't share that with anyone. You think, well, let's see how the season goes, and we're working hard, and and I felt the time was right for me. I felt the time was right, and it's something that I, I, I've been thinking about. Time was right, something he's been thinking about. He says he's not retiring. When does the question get asked? No one asked the fired coach if he was burnt out, Right. You ask him, hey, how was your time here? How, you know, what are you going to do next, what have you? And so we'll figure it out. Yeah, there, there's an element of, I don't know, burnout seems kind of, yeah, I, I, it's, it's, it's like the next challenge too sometimes. Like what's next? What's next? He is insisting that he will not coach this coming season in the NFL. Look, they're going to be – I can't – look, I can't – I felt like 10 years went by and we talked about the other team <laughs> for a lot. And I get it. I understand it. But, um, no, that – my plans are not to be coaching in 2022. And that's just how I feel. 
All right, let's go to the phones on line one. Stacy, hanging on. Stacy, thanks for calling. What's up? Man, I was just uh, watched pretty much all the press conference yesterday with uh, Sean Payton, man. It, um, uh, you know, as bad as you hate to see him go as a Saints fan, it was it was uh, some good good times of reminiscing uh, mm. about what a great run he's had there. Um, I've had season tickets since '07. Wow. Um, go down to a lot of games, but. When I first got the tickets, man, I, I'm in Meridian, and I wasn't going to miss. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Super Bowl season, I didn't miss one game. Um, was there through it all. Uh, was there for the playoff game against the Cardinals, and then went back for the uh, NFC Championship. It was funny. I was headed home the next morning, and a buddy of mine called me, and he said, I know you're planning on going back. He said, but don't look at the ticket prices online. You may sell out. <laughs> and, uh, I said, no. I said, uh, I didn't, I didn't been here this long. I'm, I'm yeah. going. Well, you, you made a good decision. And, uh, you made a good decision for sure. Man, what, what an incredible atmosphere. Uh, and then just a, a Mardi Gras time in New Orleans after. No doubt. Hey, Stacy, I really appreciate you listening, and I appreciate that call kind of from a personal perspective, tying all this together. Thank you, man. Yeah, you know, today's the day to do that. Maybe for the next few days. You look back, and and what Sean Payton did for that team and that organization, I know it takes a lot more than just one guy, but he, the leader of it, it's it's, um, a lot of it's Hollywood, man. I mean, it's unbelievable. Just getting started with you here on this Wednesday in the Bureau. Stick around. Are you ready? Get ready for the Mississippi State Radio Analyst. And he's on your radio right now. No. You've got the Matt Wyatt Show. All right, back with you. I'm Matt in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau Insurance. Go with the home team. On the country please and text line, 885-ESPN or 885-3776. Country please and sausage on grocery store shelves throughout the southeast. You can get it at Walmart. You can get it online at countrypleasing.com. However you can get it, get it. Trust me. Homecoming queen went to the store a while ago. She said, you need anything? I said, uh, country pleasing jalapeno and cheddar. I got some other flavors, but I was out of jalapeno and cheddar. <laughs> uh, Ernest... Ernest T. texted the show and said, I know you're a Chiefs fan, but as a lifelong Saints fan, I appreciate your reflection on Peyton today, Sean Peyton. And then he says, I hope Beaver's listening. <laughs> Wait a minute. Does, uh, does Beaver not like the Saints or something? Is that Has he let it be known that he didn't want to talk about the Saints? What's uh, up with yes, that? Yes, sir. Really? So he's, he's like the anti-Saints. Well, okay, Ernest T., you get your wish. Beaver, wherever you are, this show goes out to you. (laughs) Including the segment we just did and also the upcoming Deuce McAllister interview about the Saints. (laughs) There you go. Let's see what's over here on the live stream. Uh, Joseph on Facebook said, The Saints had four straight years of heartbreak from 2017 to 2020 in the playoffs. Minnesota Miracle in 17. The non-pass interference against the Rams in 18, absolutely. 
losing to the Vikings again in 19 and then last season, losing to the Bucks after sweeping them in the regular season. Those playoff losses took its toll on Sean this season, you could tell. And also not having a quarterback that could get him back to the playoffs. Yeah, um, there's no question. That stuff has just got to weigh on you. No doubt about it. Chewmeister on YouTube said, ultimately, Peyton has done a lot for the Saints as a Bucks fan. I always knew his teams would come to play. His offensive mind was really good and messed with Breeze. Nothing but respect for him. And I think, you know, Chewmeister, that's how everybody feels. And what's interesting about that is, you remember, not a lot of people, well, some would, but there's a lot of people who don't feel the way you feel about Peyton, who don't feel that way about somebody like Belichick. And they bring up the cheating and the deflate gate and the filming of practice and all these other things. Okay. But do you remember like Sean Payton was the head coach of the Saints and they had the Greg Williams deal and the what do they call it? Bounty gate or whatever, and he got suspended for a year. But pretty much, in spite of all that, pretty much across the board, really. It's like only the most diehard Falcons fan or Bucks fan wouldn't feel this way, but pretty much across the board, he's very respected. And Drew Brees is. And, of course, their offenses were record-setting, not just for the Saints, but really like for the NFL in terms of longevity and consistency being good and everything. That's how most people feel about it. Rick wanted to throw this in there. He said on Facebook, the Saints still have a lot of talent on the roster for next year. They'll get a new quarterback. And a new head coach, and will do just fine, he says. I predict that they defeat Dallas next year unless Sean Payton is the head coach at Dallas. And like I say, Sean Payton has said yes, as recently as yesterday that he won't be coaching next year. And, you know, he talked about doing TV. Made it sound like that's what he's probably going to do, is wind up doing some television. Um, here's, what, here's a couple other things that I wanted to bring up to you. This is kind of moving over from the Saints, but I saw this too. I was looking at Super Bowl stuff, and and then I looked at some other Super Bowl stuff, different ones. As I and then a few other things came down the wire. So this is a college football nugget for you. Let's see if you enjoy this. I, well, that's not the right word. Enjoy. It's a it's a very significant thing in the history of college football. And then I have a sound clip. I hope you enjoy. On this day in 1983, January 26th, 1983, is the day that Bear Bryant died. Paul Bear Bryant, legendary Alabama coach, died on this day in 1983 at 69 years old. I was pretty young. I was uh, five years old, something like that, when it happened and living in Alabama I remember glimpses of it. I remember hearing everybody talk about it. I remember watching something on the news with my dad where they had video of the, like a, I mean, it was basically the funeral procession and there were just, there were people all alongside of the highway and on the overpasses and everything. That's all I really remembered about it. Uh, but yeah, he was, you know, it's funny, like I stand here at 45 and I go, man, 69, that was, he was young <laughs> and he was. Yeah, like Sean Payton retired. Well, not not retiring, but steps away yesterday. He's 58. Bear Bryant was only 69 years old when he passed away on this day in 1983. Has Nick Saban passed him? 
Yeah, he's in his 70s, isn't he? 70. Yeah. And he's one more? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How about that? Of course, I'm 68, so yeah, I think he's a youth. He was too young. He was too young. But see, the thing is, way too young. thing is, Bill, like, if I remember, I could go back and look, but at the end of his life, physically, he was in nowhere near as good a shape as you are. Like, you are a young 68, and he was like an old 69. You know what I'm saying? Yep. He did look older. He did. Older. And, In fact, I always thought he was a lot older. When right. When he was 69, I went, Whoa. Right. Hey, all right, so y'all listen to this. This is, I'm going to play you a clip. It's about two minutes, so two minutes is a long time on radio, so you're going to feel like it's long. But but I think, you know, if you've never heard this, this is a clip of a speech from Bear Bryant talking to incoming freshman football players at Alabama. I guess it's recorded maybe late, seven, maybe mid-70s, mid-late-70s. Bear Bryant talking to incoming freshmen at the University of Alabama, and somebody recorded the speech. Listen to this. This is actually him and, and his voice and him giving the speech. Now, here's why you can win on little things and a little something extra. Now, let's just suppose that we say that that uh, the maximum ability one can have is a hundred. That's the way we'll approach it. And let's say here I am, someone that that really only has, based on that hundred, a seventy-five percent or seventy-five ability. And here over here is someone that has eighty-five that I'm going to play against. Now, it, it takes everyone, but this is just for you, you as an individual. Now, on Saturday, by virtue of the fact that you have paid the price, you've learned those lessons, you work on the little thing, you are willing to give a little extra. Although you only have 75% ability, you play a little over your head, and we expect you to. Okay, you play, and you'll be an 85 player that day. Now, here's another man over here that's playing against you. Maybe he hasn't learned those lessons. Maybe he, he's not as dedicated as you are. And he doesn't play as well as he's supposed to play. And he falls off 10%. Or he falls off 10 He only plays 75. And that's just to illustrate my point. Then you, because of your preparation and the things I'm trying to get across to you, you can beat him because you paid 85. And if we do that as a team, 11 at the time, well, four years from now, why, you'll be walking out of here as a national champion. And I'll tell you this, I expect nothing less. <laughs> what do you think? What do you think about that Got speech? Got me fired up. Got me fired up. I'm ready. Let's, let's hit the field. I am ready. Hey, and I'll tell you this, too, okay? By that time, he's already a legend, and this guy, this big bass voice, and he he tells you, I expect you to overachieve, because and he spells it out, because the guys you're going to play against, some of them are going to underachieve. If you do it, you're going to walk out of here as a national champion. And then he says, and I'll tell you this, I expect nothing less <laughs> than that. I mean... <clears throat> Fantastic. Sometimes it may not take much to be a great motivator. 
And that was Bear Bryant to some incoming freshmen. We lost Bear Bryant on this day in 1983. Also on this day in 86, three years later, you, uh, Bill, you had Super Bowl twenty in the Louisiana Superdome. The Bears beat the Patriots 46-10 to with Refrigerator Perry and Walter Payton. And just about a month or so early, they released a song called the Super Bowl Shuffle. Now, <laughs> this is what the Super Bowl shuffle sounded like for the 85 Bears. Walter Payton. How about that? <laughs> How about that? Walter Payton. They all got to do like a verse of the Super Bowl shuffle. This is like in the early days of of rap. Yeah. And you can hear it wasn't that great, but it was great back then. And the first one up was Walter Payton. They do the Super Bowl shuffle and then As they it go to have been. And then they go to the Super Bowl and win it and just blew out the Patriots and it was in the Superdome on this day in 1986. All right, uh we got a break, don't we, Bill? Yes, yeah, I do. thought I heard the other music too. All right, so Basketball last night, we need to cover that. State gave Kentucky a run for its money. I'll let you hear what uh, the coaches said afterwards and a couple of points on that, and then you got basketball tonight. All that more coming up. Stick around. And here comes Matt Wyatt up to the plate. The pitch. Whoa, it's a high fly. Knocking him out of the park for great sports talk. I'm talking way back. It's the Matt Wyatt Show. All right, back with you in the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau Insurance. Go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau Insurance across the great state of Mississippi. Uh, White Denzel on Twitch on the live stream says, Happy birthday to the legendary Alabama high school coach and Jacksonville State coach Bill Burgess, 81 years young. Hey, that's uh, Burgess of the Rick and Bubba fame, huh? Yeah, happy happy birthday, Coach Burgess. Uh, speaking of age, Hogjowl texted the country pleasing text line, country pleasing sausage. Hogjowl says, Matt, age is relative. When I was a young man, I thought 60 was old. When I turned 50, wow, then I'm thinking 60 isn't old. Now that I'm 70, I say to myself, keep working out, stay busy, real busy, don't ever retire. I'm now shooting for 90. And then he says, I will see how it goes. <laughs> One foot in front of the other. <clears throat> Hog Jowl. What was it? Uh, Pat Summit, the legendary Tennessee Lady Vols coach. Somebody said uh, her advice on how to face adversity throughout your life is step one, put one foot in front of the other. Step two, repeat step one. <laughs> there it is. Just keep doing that. <clears throat> Troll Tide texted us and said, Matt, thank you for playing that clip of the bear. My daughter and I have been sick. Daughter got the virus. Bless your heart, Troll Tide. Bless her heart. 
and hearing the bear and your show, of course. Appreciate you, Will. <clears throat> Tyler texted earlier. He said, there's a reason they call feats like what Peyton accomplished, Sean Peyton in New Orleans, what he accomplished, uh, orchestration. Tyler says, a lot of people can do things within their power. It's the exception that can pull together the right group that not only complements all the other pieces, but also is singularly focused on accomplishing your goals. Coach Sean Payton did a great job for a long time. Young fans don't even believe the bag over the head days. That, in and of itself, is a huge accomplishment. Appreciate your text, Tyler, and uh, appreciate you tuning in for sure. All right, so uh, last night on the hardwood, I'll tell you this, just real quick, we'll touch on it, and then we get to hour two, we'll go back to uh, football. We're going to get the chance, if everything goes according to plan, we'll get a chance to talk with Deuce McAllister, who played for Sean Payton, and of course has been around him for years and years and years. Uh, so looking forward to that. But for now, some basketball, because last night was a heck of a night around the SEC, and it's like these almost upsets. There were, there were two of them. Well, there was one upset, major one, and then there were almost two other major upsets, all in the SEC last night. It started with Georgia, a five-win basketball team. Georgia was 5-14 and 14 overall going into last night. The game was in Athens. They were 0-6 in the SEC, hosting Alabama, a former top 25 team. Very talented team. And Alabama went in there big favorites. And Georgia beat Alabama by six points, 82-76. Georgia picks up its first SEC win of the year. It's a big upset. Okay, and then after that, Auburn and Missouri tipped off in Missouri. This is Auburn, the number one team in the country. One loss. They're not, you know, 18-1 and going in. There was 7-0 in the SEC. Number one team in the country. Just beat Kentucky on Saturday in Auburn. Great game. They go to Missouri, a sub-500 team who was sitting there at 8-10 and 10 on the year. And Missouri's taking it to them. It was tied 31-31 at halftime. Missouri even had the lead late, like with a like a minute. Minute 05. Missouri's got the lead and the ball. And Auburn turned it on. And a little guard for Auburn, K.D. Johnson, took over the game a couple of buckets late and got to the free throw line, just took over the game in the last minute and sort of willed Auburn to a 55-54 win, one point on the road at Missouri. And then Mississippi State and Kentucky tipped off last night. Late, 8 central. Kentucky was controlling it early. Kentucky was up by 13 points at halftime. And then here comes State roaring back in the second half. State outscored Missouri by 13 in the second half. Put up 48 points in that second half of the ballgame. State scored twice as many points in the second half as the first. They scored 24 in the first half. State scored 48 in the second to tie the game and get it to overtime. And then in overtime, Kentucky outscored State 10-2. to State just couldn't find a bucket in overtime. And Kentucky turned it on and their players and athletes took over. In overtime, two big shots, what, two threes, I guess, there in overtime, and that was, you know, State just could not answer. So took Kentucky to the brink, and Rupp played really well. It's one of these almost deals. It still goes in there as a loss. State drops to 4-3 and three in the SEC. They're now 13-6. and six. Here's what Ben Howland said after that ball game. 
It was a really, really hard-fought game. I was really proud of our team, the way we uh, fought our way back from a 16-point deficit. You know, when you look at the second half, we were so much better than the first half on both ends of the court. You know, we we uh, held them to you know 39% from the field, and then also shot 62% from the field. Uh, you know, we got to make our foul shots. I, I thought our defense, once we had them in a half court, was really good. They had 17 turnovers tonight, so our defense had a lot to do with that. We only had uh, 11, so we're doing a good job of valuing the possession. We gave up, you know, three second shots on missed free throws, which can never happen. Uh, but I thought we did a great job fighting our way back. Uh, you know, Iverson had a spectacular game, especially in the second half. I thought Shaq came out and gave us really good minutes offensively with uh, three threes in the second half. State only had two players in double figures, and that was Brooks with 11 and Molinar with 30. When's the last time you saw a guy have 30 points, hit no three-pointers, and he's a guard? A guard not hit a three and score 30 points. You don't see that much. But um, Kentucky gets the win. They're 16-4. and four. They are now 6-2 and two in the SEC, trailing Auburn. Here's Calipari after last night's game. It was a game I thought would be like this. Uh, we struggled to get some baskets when we needed to. Ty Ty being out probably affected that. But they were good. They were good. Did they out-rebound us? No. Um, Oscar, 21 and 22, not bad. i got to get him to talk more. Had four turnovers. He's got to do better. All right. Uh, tonight, SEC basketball, let's see, at 5 o'clock on ESPN2, Florida is at Tennessee. Then you have two 6 o'clock games on ESPNU at 6. Vandy is at South Carolina. And on the SEC Network at 6, um, Arkansas is at Ole Miss. And Arkansas has been hot lately. They've got a win. They're coming off a win over LSU. Whereas LSU's dropped, what, two or three in a row, including that one this weekend. But Arkansas has been hot. Uh, they're 14-5, and 4-3 and three in the SEC. Uh, Ole Miss is... Two and five in the SEC. They are one game over uh, 500, according to what I'm looking at here. And uh, they're coming off that loss to state. So they'll be at home. Arkansas favored tonight at the Pavilion in Oxford. Six o'clock tip on the SEC network. So we can all start watching that one while we eat supper. And then late tonight, this is another one to keep an eye on, is an eight o'clock tip on the SEC network. Texas A&M is at LSU. Texas A&M... Uh, a week ago, in the midweek, gave Kentucky absolutely all they could handle at home in College Station. Kind of like what State did. Didn't give it to overtime, but gave Kentucky all they could handle. A&M's a 15-win team. They're 4-2 and two, uh, in the SEC. And here's LSU ranked in the top 20. They're 15-4, and four, but they're below 500 in the SEC. LSU's team is 3-4 and four in SEC play. I don't know if they'll get an updated ranking, and it come out, and they won't be ranked. But they've lost three in a row in SEC play. Uh, LSU has. Let's see, Arkansas, Alabama. And then, yeah, then lost at Tennessee. So I got I got my dates mixed up. They lost to Arkansas, then went to Tuscaloosa and lost, then went to Tennessee and lost. So it is, um, what, in a full, what, 10 days to two weeks uh, first time back in Baton Rouge for LSU to try to get their feet under them because they certainly did not want to drop four in a row 
uh, in league play, already one game below 500. They are a big favorite at home against A&M, but I think it could be an interesting game if they don't score. LSU's had some trouble on the offensive side, according to uh, you know everything you hear and and all of their press conference stuff. So anyway, that's uh, what happened last night's men's basketball coming up tonight. No, no more deep dive preview on stuff uh, in this show anyway, unless something changes as we get uh, ready to turn the page over into hour two of uh, today's show. Today is, by the way, today is National Spouse Day. Our spouses, meaning all of our spouses. Not that you have, it doesn't mean multiple spouses. <laughs> National Spouse Day. Now, I don't know what you're supposed to do. I think every day ought to be celebrate your spouse, do something nice for your spouse, be good to your spouse. But it is, I'm just telling you, it's right here in front of me. They sent it out National Spouses Day. So, in hour two, if we're lucky, maybe, just maybe, I can get my spouse on the radio for four or five minutes. She's really busy today. I just think she ought to be here, don't you, for National Spouses Day? We'll see if we can make that happen. All right, thanks for tuning in to hour one, hour two, coming up right around the corner here in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team.